Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Armor Report. Stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. This is a live trading desk. This is part two of our cannabis investing super cycle podcast slash live stream on YouTube. Armor Report stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. And what we do here, all this information I share with you, comes directly off my trading desk. I'm managing my own capital and that of other investors. All the businesses run through interactive brokers. I typically start the Armor Report meetings at 12 noon discussing the big algorithmic indexes, we use the top five indexes to determine how we're going to manage capital. What you do, you're seeing me right now move my eyes a lot around the screen. That's because I have a lot of capital out on day trades right now. I'm short the Dow and the small cap index and having a big run there. And I've just recently gotten long the S&P. Uh, and I, and I'm, uh, as it makes a new low, I'm probably going to get stopped out of that position. So I literally bought it right near the low. Um, based on a trigger, and we're getting stopped out. I made money earlier today along the S&P in the morning off of the same trigger. Now we're giving back some, and we're staying short these other names where we have big short profit on the, on the day so far. Um, so I'm going to be a little scattered today. Sorry about that. I'm going to try to get to our cannabis discussion as soon as possible. But let's get back to um, step one of the algorithmic risk management research report. Okay, we manage capital here by doing research on companies and on investing themes. We look for super cycles as our investing themes we want to get involved in. And I'll go over that in a minute. But we use algorithms to help us decide how much risk to put on and how much risk to take off in any given time. Okay, and that's true even about our super cycle investments. So in our super cycle investments, we're going to have a core position We'll double or triple it when our algorithms tell us risk on is appropriate, and then we'll pair back to that core when risk um, is at its highest and we want to protect capital. Okay, um, so the top five indexes, the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, small cap, and momentum. We have proprietary algorithms designed for each of those indexes. They have kept us to a majority in cash, our highest cash allocation since the beginning of October. It's why every single one of our indexes outperformed all market indexes last year, right? Our three model portfolios, you can find them on our website. Interactivebrokers.com is where they run. We have conservative, balanced, and aggressive. All three of them beat all the averages last year by a big factor, a lot of alpha. And it's because we protect capital. Starting this year, we were still in a, a, a risk-off scenario, so we're only allowed on our portfolios. What that means to us, it could mean something different to you as an investor, but to us, when we have risk-off across the board, it means we can only take shots in our very favorite top-of-the-whiteboard name, super cycle investing themes, and at, and at only core levels. So we're never going to get to that big position we want. We're just going to be you know, investing in a smaller position size. 
Okay. Um, okay. So I'm going to try to focus today, guys. Again, I'm sorry. It's a live desk. I've got active trades on, so I'm a little bit um, um, pulled in different directions. Those algorithms are telling us to remain risk off. We're right up against, and in some cases, a little bit above the downtrend we've been in since the top of September of 2018. This is precisely the point where we would expect market reversals to take hold and a test of the lows to ensue. So it's imperative to protect capital here. If the market's test can be at higher levels, it can make a higher low, it can consolidate here for uh, X amount of weeks, there's different ways to test a low. So I'm not necessarily saying the market's going to plummet down to the lows of December. But what I am saying is risk is high here. We need to protect capital. We're going to get better entry points later in the year. Could be weeks, could be months. On an intraday level, I keep saying this. 2018, 2019, volatility is high. Therefore, intraday activity for us is paramount on our desk. A lot of opportunities intraday. And today, we, we made money long and short. So on, on, in a real bear market, the fun thing in a real bear market is that volatility is increased. And you can make money in both directions in the same day. So... Okay, without further ado, let's jump into part two of the Cannabis Investing Super Cycle. I'll give you a quick recap of yesterday's part one, but I encourage you to watch part one and listen to uh, what I'm saying there because it really sets up three, you know, um, parts two and three. But part one is basically this. We are at the beginning of an investing super cycle in the cannabis theme. And I laid out for you that I've been doing this 30 years. I've been involved in numerous investing super cycles. When you get them right over a three to five to 10 year period, you really can increase your net worth in a meaningful way. This is not about buying cyclical businesses. I have no interest in buying semiconductor companies that have big runs and then collapse when businesses change. I have no interest in buying GE because it has a, a cheap PE and then it gets even cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Investing is all about opportunity cost of money. I only have so many dollars to invest. I want to invest them where I have the highest reward for the risk that I'm taking. And because I use stops religiously, the risk is always the same. Relatively speaking, I know what I'm going to lose in each position, and it's relatively the same. So why would I take a position in, I don't know, General Motors, when my upside is a little bit maybe, or I can invest in an investing super cycle where my upside can be enormous? Meanwhile, the risk is the same. See what I'm saying? It's reward versus risk. We want to focus our portfolio. Every time I buy stocks, I'm looking at that metrics is the, the, the money I can make off of this over a three-month, three-year, 10-year period, is it significant enough for the risk I'm taking? The cannabis stocks right now are telling you that the reward can be enormous. Therefore, the risk is worth it. How do I know this? I talked about yesterday. I know it 
because I've done it over 30 years. I was involved in the internet explosion. I got into the business in 1993 professionally. And the first stock we were buying was Yahoo at 30. Stock went to 450 seven years later. Then in 2003, 2004, hang on a sec, guys. Talk to me. Hello? Hello? Yeah, I got to call you back, brother. Okay. We were involved in investing in the human genome. When it was mapped in 2000, we did research on our favorite companies. We found one name we thought would dominate. The name of that company was Illumina. 2004 low was $2.10. The stock hit $371 last year. We're talking about a gain of more than 17,000%. In 14 years, 15 years, that's how you build wealth. That cannabis stocks are at the very beginning of that type of cycle. Now let's go into the topic today. I want to talk about the types of businesses, how to look at cannabis. It's breaking down into different groups. And then I want to talk about Well, let's start with a review of how to understand the cannabis business. Step one, it's very fragmented. So I'm going to go over with you now how we're looking at this on our research desk, how we break down the cannabis industry, and how we understand the business. It's easier when you're, when you're looking at a new industry and there's so many moving parts, we find it's easiest to, to try to find a, um, a past experience that the group fits into so you can understand how it should develop over time. An example, Yahoo, when it was $30 a share in 1993, okay, instead of trying to grasp the, the entirety of the internet in 1993, which was difficult, right? People were still opening mail with a letter opener, Okay. What was easier to understand when I came out of that first meeting with Jerry Yang and the management of the company, I said to myself, this sounds like owning TV companies when TV went from black and white to color in the 1960s. It would be a major draw for more eyeballs and therefore companies like CBS could charge more for advertising, and then you see that hockey stick move. I'll give you a call back, all right? All right, try her cell. Thanks. Yeah, love you. Most important call, I had to take it. That was my mom. Okay. What I want to, um, okay, so let's look at Understanding CBS. Call from. I'm asking you to call the cell, sweetheart. I'm in the midst of a... Thank you. Thank you. Love you. 
Okay, CBS in the 1960s was the single biggest beneficiary of TV going from black and white to color, and the stock went up enormously over the following decade and years to come, decades. So understanding Internet in 1993 wasn't trying to understand the whole pie. It was just very simple. More eyeballs on a screen means you can charge more for advertising. Hockey stick growth. The rest is history. Let's look at Illumina. Instead of trying to grasp the enormity of the, of the significance of mapping the human genome and all that would come from it, all we had to understand from Illumina was that it was a Xerox slash Gillette type of business model sell the razors, and then sell the razor blades. So the more bases you get in, sell the copy machines, and then sell the ink. So when you get a lot of machines in place, your consumables go through the roof, margins go berserk, stock goes up 17,000 plus percent in 14 years. Let's look at cannabis. Forget about trying to understand the minutia of the business. Let's look at the big picture and let's equate it to the sugarcane industry, the turn of the 1900s. It's the same thing. It's a cash crop. It's easy to understand. You could buy companies that were growing sugarcane. You could but you would never have made a lot of money in that space because it became a commodity, right? And then you could buy companies that took the sugar out of the cane, put it in a bag and put it on your table for coffee. And you would have made some money over a period of time, but that became commoditized. There was no real intellectual property. The companies that made the most amount of money off of sugar started in 1950. They figured they could take sugar, put it into a carbonated beverage, use intellectual property for that flavor, put that recipe in a vault, value-added IP, and Coca-Cola's turned into one of the greatest investments of all time. Okay? Now, let's shift our focus back to cannabis. There's many different ways to play this investment. What we're doing on our trading desk is we're looking for intellectual property, just like Coke. We want the Coke companies of cannabis. That's what we're looking for. High barriers to entry, intellectual property. Those are the stocks we want to focus on. So let's look at the, the, the groups right now, what we have in store. The way we, we've identified 10 stocks that we want to own in the cannabis space so far. There's 10 names we want to own. And we're buying these names in various degrees, trying to create our initial core positions, doing it on weakness, never chasing these names. Tomorrow, 
in part three of this cannabis investment super cycle, I'm going to talk about the risks and how to mitigate them. Okay. But for right now, based on all the research, and we're doing research every single day. I mean, it's like I'm doing it in the middle of the night. I, I can't get enough information into my brain. We're talking to management teams of different companies, and we're mapping out what all the different groups are. And there's just so many different names. So let's start with high intellectual property and a war chest of capital. That's always the best place to go at the beginning of an investing super cycle. Not all of these investments are going to work. So we've got to try to focus on who's got the best intellectual property, like a Coca-Cola of cannabis, okay? And who has a war chest of capital so they don't kill us with capital raises over the next couple of years. So obviously, the top three names in that space, Canopy. It's got the biggest market cap right now. Every institution can own it. Trades on the New York Stock Exchange. $5 billion have been put into this company from Constellation Brands, the company that is a liquor company, sells beer and wine, right? Beer like uh, Corona. That announcement was the watershed event for the whole cannabis super cycle to begin. And that's why we started buying stocks in August of last year, and I've been talking about it ever since on, on these shows. That's a watershed event. The watershed event for human genome sciences was the mapping of the human genome. I haven't even gone over that. We actually owned a stock called Human Genome Sciences, and the stock went through the roof. It was a phenomenal investment. I use Illumin as just one example, but there's many. At the beginning of an investing super cycle, if you find the right names, you can make an absolute fortune, and we're going to make another fortune in these cannabis stocks. So the watershed event was the announcement of Constellation Brands $4 billion into uh, Canopy following a billion they'd made a couple years earlier. Then we saw Altria put $1.8 billion into Kronos. There's a lot of a huge investment and great uh, joint ventures going on at Telray. These are the three top names to own, and they happen to be three of the top names in the ETF MJ. So one way to play this is to just simply buy MJ. If you don't have the time, if you're not working with someone like myself who's doing the research, and, and you're looking at a lot of cannabis names and you're getting confused, you could just own MJ. Buy your core position and add to it on weakness and hold it long term. You're going to get Telray and Kronos and CGC and a bunch of other names. If you're looking for how do I do research, what stocks should I look at? Go look at that ETF. Open it up and see what stocks are in there. Start your research right there. Find the names that you want to own. So we're going to start with the biggest guys with the biggest war chest of capital with intellectual property. Those are three of the examples. There's others. I'm not going to share with you on YouTube all, all of my investments, right? I'm buying them for myself. I'm buying them for investors I work with. If somebody wants to literally know every stock we're buying, then it would behoove you to pick up the phone and call me, and I'll be more than happy to chat with you. This is not a recommendation to run out there and buy all these stocks today. These are research focuses of our desk, and we will be 
putting positions on using algorithms when the opportunities are best. But there's different segments of the cannabis business. So the first to focus on are the Coca-Cola type of companies, companies with strong intellectual property. Now let's digress for a minute. And let's talk about IP versus PE. Okay. I don't want anybody listening to this ever uttering the, 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 the words, the PE is too high on this. Okay. You will never make a lot of money in the market if you worry about something as silly as a price to earnings ratio. Everybody kept telling you last year that the PE on GE was fantastic as it went lower and lower and lower. Everyone told you to own Micron because the PE was 10 and now you should own it because it's eight and now you should own it because it's six. Okay, PEs at the beginning of an investing super cycle means zero. Let's take a look at Amazon. The company lost money for years. So the E of the PE made the PE infinity. If you avoided buying Amazon because you didn't like the PE, you'd miss one of the greatest investments of all time. And at the beginning of an investing super cycle, looking at PEs is a complete waste of time. So let's just put that aside. What you should care about is IP. Who's got the best IP that can build the best brands? So we're looking at IP. We're looking at war chest. Who's got the most amount of capital so they don't have to keep coming to capital markets and kill us with secondary offerings? Then what we're looking at um, – and, and by the way, when I say IP, that really means branding, right? The strongest brands. Coca-Cola was a brand. It had its intellectual property, and it created a brand. We're looking for businesses with a strong moat around them where nobody can compete. So the next space I would look at are vertically integrated retailers. This is a very interesting business, and it's not – uh, hang on a second. Market's moving higher, and I needed to book a profit. I just did. Just closed out my short on a small cap index. That was a beautiful trade. And um, Dow Short's a little higher. I'm still long the S&P, which is turning into a profitable trade. Huh, everything's working out. Great. These are fun days. Okay. Vertically integrated growers. So what you've got is you've got a lot of guys that are out there, uh, um, whether it be in California or Florida or the Northeast or Ohio or what have you, that are opening up dispensaries, which are basically retail shops. Okay? What we're focusing on our desk are the guys opening the dispensaries that are vertically integrated. Hello? Hey, what's up? I'm at the office. Oh, oh Sean, I'm, I got to call you back, brother. I will do that. I got to call you back, okay? Yeah, no worries. Uh, swing back by, and uh, I'll be down in 15 minutes. Okay. 
right. Get to the end of this and we'll pick it up tomorrow, whatever we miss. It's just a crazy desk today. Okay. The key here with the retailers is that we want vertical integration, guys that are growing their own product, creating their own product, selling the product on the shelf. And right now it's a land grab. Which guys have the most licenses? The state of Florida, complete, um, excuse me, California completely blew it by not having any limit on licenses. And they've had a lot of problems. So the new states that are going medical and recreational are controlling the amount of licenses they're allowing out at a time. So the companies that are gathering the most, what we call a roll-up in this business, they're rolling up all the leases that they can get, and they're opening up dispensaries because they have the um, they've acquired the rights to do it, are getting a huge advantage over the next two or three years. Are these companies that I want to own long-term, like the IP branding guys? I, I don't know, but I know in the next three to five years that if you focus on the right vertically integrated um, retailers, because of the barrier to entry, which is there's only so many licenses, and it takes 36 months when a new license is let out for a company to go from licensing to actually opening a shop, you're getting a window here where these guys can make a lot of money and build a lot of enterprise value. Now, here's the kicker. We want to own these names now because eventually, this is, this is very important, okay? This is very important to understand. I, I've been asking these companies that I've been talking to that are in this space, what's your biggest fear? And their answer is, the biggest concern they have is that cannabis will be legalized too quickly. Isn't that a fun concern? Because if we're investing in the branding guys and it's legalized this year, these stocks are going to go berserk. But if it takes longer to legalize, that's what the vertically integrated retailers want. The reason being... If you grow marijuana in this country or hemp in this country and you sell it in this country and you have your headquarters in this country, you cannot access the capital markets in this country. You can't access banking relationships because you're violating federal law. This is the beauty of the situation right now. This keeps a lot of institutional investors out of these stocks. This keeps a lot of retail investors out of the stocks because the stocks only trade in, a, in Canada on an exchange called the CSE. Normally, nobody wants to buy stock on the CSE. It's a small exchange in Canada. But it's the only exchange open to these U.S.-based companies that are building real value. And so when they say their biggest fear is that um, the big cannabis uh, – the cannabis regulation will happen too quickly. It's because that will allow Pfizer and J&J and all these other big corporations to get involved in the cannabis business. They can't do it right now. They do it and they're in violation of federal law, so they don't do it. You see what I'm saying? So this gives these companies a unique three to five year window before it's completely decriminalized, perhaps, for them to grow value. And once you get an announcement 
that Congress does something where they pass a law around the entire country, these stocks, first of all, will already be up big. And second of all, there'll be immediate takeover targets of big pharma and other big corporations who are willing to get involved in the U.S. cannabis marijuana market. And then the last thing I'm going to share with you is there's growers. There are some growers that have intellectual property around what they're growing that I think is worth a look. Not a lot of them. I don't really have an interest in a lot of growers. If we look back over the discussion about sugarcane, growers aren't my favorite place. Eventually, it'll be commoditized. But there are a couple of names out there, if you do your research, that are building intellectual property around what they're growing. And I think that has value. So we've got branding guys, we've got retail guys, we've got growers. We're building our portfolio out on those names, our favorite names in that space. Now, we're coming to a close here on today's discussion. So I'm going to push out till tomorrow a, a secret of how to invest in, 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 a, in an investing super cycle to really create alpha. I meant to discuss it today, but there's not enough time and, and I don't want to rush this. So I'll address that secret tomorrow, and we'll go over the risks of these types of investments and how best to handle the volatility. I appreciate you guys bearing with me today. It's been a crazy day on, on the street and a lot of activity on our desk. Uh, I hope this has been helpful, and I look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow, 12 o'clock, the risks of cannabis investing, how to mitigate it, and the secret, the secret of this particular investing cycle that's offering enormous alpha for investors who are aware. Take care, guys.